everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. Like many mornings, I'm joined by my chief of staff, Hallie. Hallie, it's been an eventful one today. Yeah, it's been a great day so far. And um, how are your new pups, by the way? They I didn't actually ask you, I was curious. Are, yeah, they're great and a lot more work than I think we may have anticipated. <laughs> um, what it'll all, it'll be great. Yeah, we're gonna we're hiring are, a trainer. And, and nice, <laughs> nice. Going for coaching, which is great. Yes. Um, what is the uh, well, why is it more work? I'm just curious. And you, by the way, because when you when you did put your last dog down, you were like, yes. yeah, I don't know if we're gonna get one. And then all of a sudden, like a two months later, two months later, you're like, we've got two coming. I know. In fact, I'm gonna go fly to get them. <laughs> I know. Well, we love dogs. We're definitely yeah. dog people. Obviously, we don't have any kids, so it was very. Our house felt very empty. Yeah. Um, without having something else to love or take care yeah, of. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a 15 year old dog is a lot different than a one year old dog in yes. terms of energy level and yeah. manners and all of those things. So I was actually talking to my sister this morning and I'm like, I don't feel there's no like sense of regret, but there's almost like this feeling of, did I make the right decision? Yeah, I get that. And I know that I did because we love them. Yeah. It's just so drastically well, different. different. Yeah. 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 And she's got, like, that's how I feel about my kids. Well, that's exactly. I think a lot of people feel <laughs> yeah. the same way about their kids. They would never yeah. regret. I, people always ask me like, oh, should I have another one? I'm like, well, you never regret having another one. Yeah. It's just going to change your life. Exactly. And I don't think I realized quite how much. Yeah. I think that that's kind of what I'm experiencing this one of week. our One of our friends um, on uh, Tuesday called me up and he actually texted my friend and I and he said, hey, I, have some, I got some news I want to share with you guys and I want to get you guys both on, this, on a call together. Mm. And so it took like an act of God that day to get us both on a call like within like 15 minutes because we're both busy. <laughs> But we ended up doing it, and he, he's having a child. Um, but they were trying, and, and he had never wanted kids in his life. And he's in his mid forties now, and, and found somebody that he wants to, and, and they're pregnant, which is great. And they're sixteen weeks, and he's like, "So give me some advice." And we both we both have kids, and uh, and we just we kind of gave him some advice and those things. But I'm like, just understand that your life's going to change, good, bad, and different. It's just mm-hmm. going to be different. Yes. And and he's you've had a lot of freedom to a lot of things that you wanted for a long, particularly this guy, yeah. a lot of things you want to do in terms of, uh, of, of when you want to do it and when you, when you don't want to do it and just understand it's going to change. Um, yeah. but it does, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this leads us to our conversation today, um, kind <laughs> of with around the coaching and training. Oh, I was right? going to say, yeah, it's it's really, it kind of does. Okay, it does. We, it's a stretch, we, but yeah, well, we want to, um, you know, one of the questions we get a lot and, um, and I think people want coaching on is how to effectively have a one-on-one conversation. I want, I'm sorry, how to have a one-on-one coaching session, like a 30 minute session. A one-on-one effective, an effective one-on-one meeting with your employee. Yes, yes. exactly. Or it could, which, be, it could be an agent too as well. Or but, an agent. Yes. yes. But somebody who's on your team. Exactly. Which is, I believe is different than a coaching conversation. Like yeah. if you have a client. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Like a yeah. one-on-one, like somebody that you're engaged in a business relationship with they're benefiting you you're benefiting them um not necessarily a coaching conversation which is a little bit different you get a lot of similarities but um in terms of like with your employee a one-on-one with an employee like usually Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be weekly we're going to get into our what we think is like our six-step process um but before you do that um what is the point hallie of having a one-on-one meeting with your employee yeah i know it's the first word i was going to use is coaching but it is, right? But it, it's, again, it's a different relationship. But it's to, I think, to coach and mentor them, to um, understand their career goals, to help them with their personal and or professional growth, to work, to have business conversations, 
that's what I think the one-on-one is for. For the employer and for the employee, it's similar, but it's a great opportunity to learn from whoever your manager or supervisor is, to share your career goals and career aspirations, to bring thoughts, ideas, decisions to the table to um, really to, to potentially lead up, depending on what the relationship looks like. So it's a great time to have really impactful conversations. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also a a impactful conversations. And I also think it's a great um, understanding that things can wait until that meeting, meaning mm-hmm. that you're not trying to think about when am I going to have time for this person and playing this like calendar game of trying to get on each other's calendar to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And it can act as like a catch all. I don't mean in a, like a, like a, in a way that you're, you're sharing ideas that can be shared over email, but like when you know you have a weekly meeting coming up, if there's something bothering you, you can, unless it needs to be addressed immediately, mm-hmm. you can kind of table it um, until you have that weekly meeting. Like I know you do that with me. Like you're like, hey, I'll just catch up with you on Monday when we have our meeting, mm-hmm. right? And so it's just, it's also a way of knowing that there's a stop that I'm going to have this conversation with my employer, my employer or my boss, right? Whatever that looks like or my leader. Um, so it's kind of, pr- it provides that kind of backstop knowing that each week you're going to have that rhythm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So um, I think number one, before we actually get into the mechanics of what this looks like, I think the first thing is that you have to understand when you, what kind of energy you're bringing into a one-on-one. Um, depending on when it is, I mean, there are a lot of things in business that happen. There's good things, there's bad things, there's challenging things. So if you walk into a one-on-one and your energy is off, you can feel it, right? So I think one of the first things that people can do, and this goes for any, I mean, coaching session or any conversation you should be having, should be to try to do whatever you can to bring yourself down to the neutral spot as possible to stay open. This isn't a time for you to be right. It's time for you to pour into your person to make sure you guys are all rowing in the same direction and also supporting it. I'm, I guess I'm saying it more from like the leader or owner mm-hmm. side, um, but you're supporting that individual um, to the highest level you can support them and they deserve your attention. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're on your phone and I mean, there's emergencies and things happen, but you're giving them, it's an honored space for them and you're giving it to them. If you don't have the time to do it, then reschedule it. If you do, if you're not in a great mood, then reschedule it. Meaning if you're going to go in there and you're just going to be an asshole, um, or I mean, seriously, right. Then mm-hmm. reschedule it or walk into it and being like, I'm having a really tough day and you know, I'm here. I'm just understand I'm having a really tough day. Just Mm -hmm. be willing to have that conversation before you jump into it. I was going to say as an employee, I would prefer that than, than the reschedule. Yeah. Okay. I'd rather just have the, like, let's just level the playing field. Let's just be real with each other. Exactly. Cause it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's times that you've walked in here and I'm like, I'm just having a, I'm very irritated. Yeah. And you're like, why are you irritated? I'm like, I don't know why I'm irritated. I'm just <laughs> irritated. I just, can't I be irritated? Yes. That's okay. <laughs> exactly. And actually the funny thing is, is actually when you say that sometimes within five minutes, you've actually worked through your irritation. Yeah. It diffuses it sometimes it when does. you just vo- put exactly. um, words to the emotion. Exactly. So I think that's also an opportunity to be able to show to your employees or to the organization that you can be vulnerable to, mm-hmm. that you're not perfect. You're far mm-hmm. from it. And you have these same things that are happening. It doesn't mean you have to become it. It doesn't mean you have to respond from it because if you are and you're getting to a one-on-one meeting, and somebody's talking about something they're very excited for and you're like, it sucks. Like right. You're just, you're just diminishing. Or you're just distracted. Or, exactly. Yeah. And you're not in that space. Um, I guess when I said reschedule, if there was something that was really going on that you wouldn't be able to hold oh, sure. the space for the person, yeah, yeah. I think that's when, that's when you look to go, to go reschedule. I also think that's tip that should be in an ideal world that should be very rare. Yes. Um, what I see too often is, and again, my perspective is often from the employee perspective and all the people I work with. Um, it's just gets rescheduled, push something gets scheduled over it. And that is a, for me, it's a clear signal that that person is not important and yeah. does not um, necessitate the time and attention from the leader. Well, I think leaders should hear that because I think from leaders perspective, they're going, they are important, but um, 
That's not the signal I'm trying to send to them, but I understand that it is. But this meeting is more important. And when you do it over and over and over again, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's a, it's a clear, it's not even a signal anymore. It's just a, that's the clear message. Yes. You're you're not as important to me. That's exactly right. Um, and yeah. So the other thing to, um, before we get into those things is, um, well, that kind of goes with number one, right? If you will, like as the the six steps to have an effective one-on-one meeting. Yes. Which is number one, which is what? Keep your meeting. Yes. I mean, it's simple <laughs> as that, it. right? I mean, that's because yeah. I think you're right though. I think majority of people, they, it's like they want to almost find something more important so they don't have to go to that meeting. They're almost like, I feel like a lot of leaders sometimes are looking for that um, because they don't actually hold an effective one-on-one meeting. If you actually held effective one-on-one meetings, you'd, you'd, you'd actually look forward to them yes. and hold them because you realize you're setting the tone for this particular person's most likely their week. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. I mean, you, your job as a leader to be in there is to set the tone, coach them through challenges, right? Help them be in the lane they need to be into, help them get clarity in what it is they need to be doing. And sometimes people just need to focus. And so you, if somebody, if you miss that meeting and they're running and they're working 90 hours that week, but they worked the 90 hours that things didn't matter, you just lost mm-hmm. 90 hours of productive work time. And that's why people don't understand the importance of this is to listen, to hear what somebody's doing, to ensure that they're actually working on something that matters the most to the organization. And if it's not, you ask questions, you get opinions, you give them permission to let go of things they used to be doing. That's one of the one things that you can really do in the meeting. Um, we're getting a little bit ahead of the schedule here, but mm-hmm. like is really um, is letting go, uh, giving them people permission to actually not have to do everything. So in case things get shifted around, which they do, right? They just do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say that sometimes em- employees maybe don't mind if the leader keeps rescheduling for a couple of reasons. Um, one, they find the meetings completely invaluable, which I hate hearing, but is often the case because they're not doing these things that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, or they too are also hesitant to have these various conversations. With do you think, their- it, do you think the overarching thing is that people feel that they're invaluable? Because I hear that too. Meetings are invaluable. They yeah. are. A lot of meetings are. Correct. They're a waste of time. Is it be, why? Is it not real conversations? I think it's not, they're not real. Um, They, it ends up being status updates, which we're going to, rather than actually making progress on either their personal stuff, their professional life, their professional growth. They're not growth conversations. They're just, hey, what did you do this weekend? How's that project going? It's almost like I'm going through this because I'm supposed to go through this. I can tell people so I can have a one-on-one meeting with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, we, you and I have had one-on-one meetings every week for 11 years. I still find them just as valuable today yeah. as I did 11 years ago. Yes. Um, but that's because we're intentional about the conversations that we're having in those meetings. Yes. Yeah. So what's step number two? So step number one is keep the meeting and make the, using the rest of the steps to keep the meeting in, engaging enough so that people are getting value out of it. Now, they may not always love the meeting, but they're getting value mm-hmm. out of the meeting mm-hmm. and respectful of the meeting. Yes. And then uh, step two is making sure that you're prepared. Both parties are prepared, um, whether that's you agree that you want to have an agenda for every single meeting. I know some people do that or whether you each are planning on coming with the, to the meeting and have agreed to come to the meeting with two talking points every single week. Or in our case, how we make sure we're prepared for the meeting is doing a weekly execution plan. Every single week I send you mine um, on by Sunday nights. You have time to prepare and read so that you can actually make a ju- mm-hmm. first bring quality content or quality information to the conversation or help me reprioritize if needed in the meeting. And then I have already looked at my plan for the week so that when I come to the meeting, I know 
either decisions that need to be made or, you know, a strategic conversation we might need to have, or sometimes it's a personal growth conversation that needs to be had during that meeting. One of the things I like about as a tip for um, people um, in the meeting is that one thing that you do is you give me your four on one or your weekly execution um, notes, if you will, on what it looks like personal and professionally. But you also give me a little sum- summarization in a paragraph form. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I'm really focused on this week. Kind of like your highlight 20% what that looks like. Yes. And you ask sometimes, is this accurate? Should I be focused on something else? And so I always read that on Sunday nights. I also read your, I open your up form. I read your four on one to see what's on there. And then I'm, I'm thinking about like even that, that night or into the morning before we meet, like should there needs to be a shift? or what Mm -hmm. questions are you going to ask me? You may put in that form like, hey, I need to ask you about X. And so that I'm already starting to think through. So when we get in the room, it's like, boom, here's the answer. Right. We're not, we're not spending 15 minutes like teeing up the conversation. We already are just like ready to have the conversation. Yes. Um, And people, and we actually will put a link for the weekly execution plan. People can download a a template for that. So it's number two, number three. Number three is not using those meetings for status (laughs) updates. If it can be in an email, just put it in an email and as we were just talking about, actually having those those real powerful conversations in the meeting rather than just running through a laundry list of this project deadline moved, this this trip got scheduled, like that stuff can go in an email. Yeah. Well, I think that's what most meetings are, though. They're yes. just updates. Yes. I think this is the biggest reason why people don't like meetings. people don't like meetings because they're just an update to the meeting, which could have been done in a three and a half minute email that I read at my own leisure when I wasn't interrupted. Mm hmm. And so I think one of the things that we did with this, even like we have a, a, a BlackRock meeting, we, instead of trying, cause at one point I woke up and I'm like, dude, we're just, I'm just getting updates here. Yeah. Like I, I got, this can be done in email. So we started getting a end of the week update from each person in that meeting. So we can read that and I say, this is great. I read it. I'm prepared for this. And then we can, there usually has to be a discussion around it, but what it does is it prevents the, the 15 minutes backdrop of trying to say it versus what you can write in an email from each person. And then we can get right into the highlights of what actually needs to be addressed and solved or worked through in those challenges. Right. Or a lot of those questions may, that you might have previously come to the meeting wanting answers for, such as a status update, which may interrupt the flow of the conversation because you might've just randomly thought of it. Well, it's already been addressed previously in those update emails. So again, that it just doesn't distract you from whatever the three issues are that you actually need to discuss and make a decision on. Because if you're actually fully engaged and being challenged in a good way in a meeting, it doesn't feel like a status update. In fact, you may feel like some, some fight in you, like meaning that like, I don't mean fight. You're trying to be, you're not fighting to be right. Mm -hmm. You're fighting because like, this is getting good, Mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, like I have an opinion on this. And you're sharing and you're going back and forth. I mean, that's how some of our meetings look, right? I mean, they're just, they become debatable. I don't use the word argument because we're not trying to be right. Arguments is like, you're right. And this is my always belief about arguments. Um, I actually said this to my dad the other day in in a good way, but he was arguing about something. And I said, hey, you know what? I believe that you believe you're right. I believe that. I just don't believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that's when an argument is like, I'm not going to argue with you because I believe you believe you're accurate. So me trying to convince you that you're not accurate does nothing for this conversation. Right. And so I think that's where people get stuck on these things. Instead of going, debate is about being able to actually take on both sides and see it and argue both sides in a way that I don't need to be right, but in a way that I'm trying to find the solution for the organization. Yes. And so that's what those conversations should look like when you're in there. If there is a challenge or if there's a direction or whatever that, what it looks like in that meeting, it should be about solutions for the organization, not for anybody to be right in the meeting. 
And it should be debatable. Like you should listen to the other person. You should hear their conversation. Mm -hmm. You should ask a different opinion. Even if you walk in there and you go, I'm definitely right. I'll go in there and say, well, what do you think about this, Hallie? I want to get your thoughts on it to ensure that I'm not missing something. And guess what? Most of the time I am. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's somewhere lies in the middle. And so you actually, that's the whole point of pulling those conversations out with those people. It's like, okay, we're working on this initiative. What do you think about this? They're on the ground more. You're hearing something more. You, you actually f- share that feedback. And then all of a sudden you wake up and go, okay, let's take this in a little bit different direction. Yes. I think that that's all pretty much how like any good meeting yes. or good conversation should go. It's not a status update though. That's what, the, right. that's what all they are. But I just wanted to pull it back a little bit to the, specifically to the one-on-one meetings, which aren't always the ones that kind of what we were just talking about often happen with a small group. Sometimes it happens one-on-one, but I do think the one-on-one. I just think about our one-on-ones are all like that though. Well, it may be in yes. And I think it, to a certain degree, it's not always that we're trying to come to a decision. It's your, I take it more as you're kind of almost coaching me how to think differently. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you're also, and I may also be challenging yeah. your thinking to think differently. Yeah. Um, and yes, the end result may be a specific decision, but I don't think that's, always what we go those meetings i believe a one-on-one meeting is for me yes uh, like well yes it is a decision making meeting could be really for making yeah. a decision about the organization but when i go into a one-on-one meeting as an employee and i hope the leader at the other and yeah. the, or when i go into an, a one-on-one meeting with any of my direct reports that meeting is 100 percent for them i am there for them to help them good point work through um, do they ha- need questions answered? Do they need support on a particular issue? Do they want to brainstorm something? Yeah. Um, it doesn't really almost matter to a certain yeah. degree. It is just, it's for them. And, and the only way you, you can actually add value to that is if they come prepared about what is it that they need? Yes. Is it a Which coaching is, session? Is it a training session? Right. Is it a debate? Is it a, right. I just need, like, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, you know, insignificant or whatever yeah. the feeling or whatever they're doing. Your job is to make sure that you're putting them in the highest position to perform that the yes. highest they can. Right. But bottom line, no status update meetings. No status <laughs> updates. So think about the last time that you've had a meeting, not you, Hallie, but just mm-hmm. the listeners. Mm-hmm. When the last time you had a meeting and, and most likely you started tuning off because it was a status update that you already knew about. Yeah. And, yeah. and you, or, or you're just, just regurgitating. Yeah, yes. so it's just not relevant. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Number four. Well, this goes exactly to what we were just talking about. Yeah. I think that these one-on-one meetings are a great opportunity to talk about career goals. Like, like every week? Um... I wouldn't say necessarily every week, but I would say a lot of our conversations do revolve around, it's not necessarily maybe a specific career goal, but my career in yes. general, like, am I focused on the right thing? What's the next book that I should be reading? Oh, you're reading that those book? Are great, those are great examples. That sort of thing. So it's not like, I want to be Well, I think that's president. When, when people hear that, they can go, yeah. okay, well, you're going to, you just moved in here and three months later, okay, now I want to be the yeah. CEO of the company. Yeah. Okay. Let's say number four is let's talk, talk about your career. Yes. And that may include goals. Personal growth, books, yes. podcasts. Yes. Exactly. Where do I learn? What other, um, how, challenge my thinking for me. Yeah. Like, how could I think about this differently? Um, I really want to take on this next project. I think that is the perfect, these one-on-one meetings is the perfect time to talk about that. And conversely, getting feedback from your, it's a great time for the the leader to be giving feedback to the employee about um, their work, yes. their career. Um, I believe in real-time feedback. I think a weekly one-on-one is a great time. Like we don't have really quarterly or annual performance reviews because I'm getting a performance review every week. Exactly. Um, at least I hope I am. You are. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes even daily, right? If you yeah, need to, like, sure, you, like, sure. Hey, you could have handled this differently. Or, but at the very least, yes, I'm getting exactly. it once a week. That's exactly right. I think that's a great way to kind of think about that is like you talk about your career in terms of how do I advance it? How do yes, I, how and, do I grow? But I think I'm just thinking about here is like, you've, you've both got to be really committed to this process. 
And, if, and remember, if you want to be a leader and you want to lead an organization, this is part of you being committed to it, meaning yes. that you're taking it very seriously. You're doing the whole, that's why leaders can't be necessarily always in the business because they need to be working on the business, which mm -hmm. is understanding their employees, mm -hmm. yes. understanding the people that they're leading. And that's why also leading five to six people is really about the capacity because they, those people get a, an un, a, a, they get a, a disproportionate amount of your energy. That's yes. the other way yes. of saying it. It's in, in business. You, if you have a large enough business, you can't physically give everybody your energy. So to try to split it up evenly doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. That's why you actually have to go to and say, I've got five or six people that report to me. Right. I mean, sometimes it can get out to eight and you can feel the energy that gets less, mm -hmm. but if you can really commit to this process about I'm here working with this person right now and I've chose to hire them, then it's, I hold that space for them to work on their career, not status updates here to work on the organization through them. And that's what business is. And through them means they're growing pr professionally development. If there's a personal challenge, if they want to bring up something that's there, um, you know, I think the, the whole personal side thing can, has a lot of debate around it at this, at this point in time too. And I think it's just mm -hmm. whatever you, I think the best way I can say that is just whatever you're comfortable with, with yes. each other. And I, you know, not an HR specialist here or an attorney, neither. Yes, uh, but I, I think a general rule of thumb is if the if the employee is bringing it up and asking specifically for some insight or guidance, that's much different than the employer yes. starting the conversation yes. and saying, "Hey, I, you know, well, you know, yes, whatever it might exactly be, right. you, you know, I I noticed that uh, you don't your fiance's not on that your Facebook anymore. What's going on there? Yes. It's a little bit different. I mean, depending on the relationship, but yes. you, you you get what I'm saying. Yes. Um, well, that's why you have the exit, the weekly execution goals on right. there should be some sort of personal goal that they feel comfortable with looking for either accountability or just sharing it with somebody to be able to walk through that. That could be, you know, anything from building up my fun account, right? Mm -hmm. Like I had somebody email me that emails or questions and said, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, I'm trying to figure out a way that we can go buy more investment properties and getting our whole family on board. How, how would I go about doing this? Mm -hmm. That's a great opportunity to say, well, how do you talk about your four buckets? And it really kind of lay that out there. So you, that's a personal thing, but it's a mm -hmm. way that they've asked for help in this personal realm yes. and then you can provide some level of coaching or training on that. Yeah, completely. Um, the thing, I, one thing I was going to mention about talking about the career, depending on, again, the dy dynamic, I'm just going to use an example of you've got an executive assistant who's having a, uh, their weekly one-on-one -on -one with, let's say it's a CFO of the organization. Um, I, I think a good part of being a great executive assistant is also making sure that you're clear on the vision and the career goals of your executive as well. So yes, while the meeting is pretty much for me, I think it's a good opportunity to say, well, you know, what, you know, where are you looking at in the next year? Are you looking for a CEO position? Is there an opportunity for me to go with you if you move to a different company? Um, how can I, I mean, again, an executive assistant, yeah. part of their job is getting that CFO to their career yeah. goals or to their business goals. So having that knowledge, but also to support them on their journey to their career goals is in effect going to also be helping the EA with their career goals as well. I love that. I love that. Number five. Make sure you wrap up the meeting to some, to some, in some degree with next steps or what the action plan is. It shouldn't be again, a huge long laundry list of to do's. There's probably one or two focus areas that you're 20%, right? Yeah. Like what, what actually needs to get done? Are you good? Are you good? Okay, great. Yeah. Let's go execute this week. And if it's not and the time's up, you might have to reschedule to come mm -hmm. back to it. Or if there's something that had to be tabled in the conversation, then make sure that you're following up appropriately. If it can wait the next week, that's fine. But if it can't, then you're gonna have to schedule uh, additional time to do that. That just happens with us a lot. It's giving yeah. people an example. Like we, we may get, there's three things to do it. We may get stuck on one for an hour. 
Right. Um, which happened this week. It did. And then it's like, then, so then you have to make sure that you have space to do it. And I kind of know when you're going to come in. <laughs> so like <laughs> I just do, well, you also know when I have free time yes. to answer those questions. So yeah. you're kind of like waiting for that opportunity to come in there. Yeah. And, and, and in that case, I think one of the next, I mean, in that case, the next step was we needed to have a call and have a conversation, yes, exactly right. gather a little bit more information. And then actually right before this podcast, we came to a decision. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so now I can actually go finish my work this week. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So number five is kind of end with action steps, plan. Again, even if that plan is another meeting, mm-hmm. but not a status of the meeting, an actual decision-making meeting. And actually the, the one that we had took about seven minutes right? because we gathered the information separately and then came back and said, here's the plan. Here's what I think. Do you agree or not agree? Or what do you want to do? And mm-hmm. boom, it's decision made. Number six, the last one. Um, then hold each, whatever that action plan or next step is making sure there's some sort of accountability measures in place, whether that's, um, report, like, I think just checking back in on the next meeting is a great way to do it when you, the, like the first 30 seconds can just be, did you get that done from the, the week prior? It's not really a status update. It's just more of a, an accountability check-in. Most of the time you're going to see it on the 411 anyway, yeah. or the weekly execution plan. If you don't, um, if you didn't get it done the week before, it's going to end up on that weekly execution plan again. So that's usually a sign that it didn't get done. Um, for whatever reason. Um, That's a great time to look at it and say, was this just not a priority? Because last week it was, what took priority over it? So you can understand somebody's thinking. Correct. Or actually what you mentioned at the beginning, like maybe, maybe you need, the leader needs to give the employee permission to take it off. That's exactly right. We need to table that until, you know, Q4 because it's just clearly not a priority for either one of us right now. Because people want to know what leadership is and leadership is such a word that's used and people, it's hard to define because influence and influence is hard to define. But what does it come, what does leadership actually look like? Well, this is what leadership looks like. It's like people want to actually know, like, what is it when I, my, my feet are hitting the pavement, what does leadership look like? It's these things, it's acting this way, mm-hmm. right? And that's what, that's what the difference between really effective leaders are versus leaders who are just leading because they're leading. Really effective leaders- Because they have a title. Because they have a title or that they've, you know, maybe they've worked really hard in one particular area of their life and they've gotten results, but they may not be a leader. Mm-hmm. And this, that's a big thing for people. It's like, it, sports is a great example of that. There may be an amazing player, but they're not a leader, Right? Not always. Not always. They could be. But in, in, in most of the time, most really awesome players don't end up being the best leaders or coaches. They just don't. I mean, Michael Jordan's a great example of that, right? He's probably one of the, arguably the best basketball player, but he wasn't really a great actual leader in there. It doesn't mean you are or you aren't. I'm just saying that to be an effective leader, people use the word leadership. What does it mean? It's effectively holding one-on-one meetings. It's actually being prepared for the meeting so you can add value. And it's all these small little pebbles that add up to build a big organization. If you start doing this effectively with each person in the organization, and then Hallie goes out and does this effectively with every organization, and it becomes a part of the organization, the organization is all rowing, which then grows the entire organization. And that's why leaders are so important because they start with it. And then the whole organization starts to become infected with good policies and procedures about holding meetings or about leadership or about what those things look like. Because leadership is something you do every day. And as that starts to happen, the whole organization grows and you wake up and you go, how did you get so big? Well, it was about people. Great. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It's leadership. Well, great. What does leadership mean? This is kind of what we're referring to is like pavement. Your feet are hitting the pavement. This is, this is what leadership looks like. One aspect of it. So, uh, the six ways to hold an effective one-on-one meeting. Number one, keep your meeting. Don't reschedule it. Number two, be prepared, create an agenda, bring notes, be better yet. Use the weekly execution plan, which you could find, um, attached to this, uh, where can they find this Ellie? 
We'll just put it in the show notes. Perfect. It's going to be in the show notes. Avoid status updates number three. Again, that is a big one. Um, if it can be handed out an email, do it. I think Elon Musk was great at saying this. And, and he's like, I hate meetings, but they're effective only when they're effective. And if any meeting can ever be handled in an email, it better be in an email and not in, not in a meeting because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why email was important. That's why email is included. He just said it really well there. Number four, talk about careers. Like again, personal development careers, personal development careers, meaning personal development amongst mm-hmm. your career, career development, career, career development, career growth. exactly all those things. Number five, end with the, the action steps or plans of what to do next. That's maybe a next meeting or how are you going to resolve a priority from this meeting? Number six, then holding each other accountable um, so that you guys each become better leaders. Well, thanks everybody for listening again. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us reach other people and you guys are the ways that we can do that. So we appreciate you listening and have a wonderful day.